Amen. Okay, so Romans chapter 2. We've, um, we went through Romans chapter 1 yesterday, which is a pretty you know, unoffensive and just quiet sermon. Um, no, you can't preach Romans 1 like that, can you? No, I, I enjoy going through Romans 1. And um, If you remember back in Romans 1, we, we saw the Bible, Paul writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, saying that God gave them up. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Now, I say that because some people try and go to Romans chapter 2 and... You know, try and basically just bend what God's saying and change things. And we're, we're going to have a look at this in a second. Because if you remember in Romans, Romans 1, he talked about that, then being given up, then being given over and was giving that example. And then he went into this list of sins, didn't he, that they're filled with. He ended in Romans 1.32 with, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Okay, then he went, then we go into chapter two and verse one, where it, where it then says, therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judges, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. Let's go to the Lord in the word of prayer quickly. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this chapter. Please just help me to uh, just expand it clearly. Um, just fill me with your spirit. Um, help me to just preach accurately now and help those um, to just have attentive ears and hearts help us to all just stay attentive and alert and um, j just just help me to, to preach clearly and in Jesus name we pray that all of this Amen um, so like I said chapter 1 Paul's given a list of sins that they are filled with and he's saying here in verse 1 here Therefore thou art unexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. And I've heard this preached in, in different ways. I believe that he's basically saying that just because there are wicked, vile, disgusting reprobates around, don't think that you're now excused of your sins. That's how I see you know, that, that kind of marrying up there. Because we can all look at the psychopathic sodomite, can't we? And they are psychopaths. We can look at them and feel pretty holy, can't we? We can look at these people, look at the wickedness and feel like, yeah, well, I'm doing all right. And not just us, but oh man here, I think he's, he's giving this to basically, you know, the unsaved is what he's saying here. It's like the sort of hypothetical unsaved in this writing here. And he's saying, oh man, whosoever thou art that judges, because how many people do you knock on the door and they feel pretty holy, don't they? And, and in this day and age, in this nation, in this society, it's pretty easy to feel pretty holy, isn't it? And you could be, you could never have walked in a church in your life. You could never have really done that much wrong. And you're knocking on the door and, and there's this blatant sin in your face. But they're going, oh, I'm a pretty good person. Oh, I think I'm all right. Why? Because in comparison to the, what seems to be a growing, growing amount of reprobates in this society, with all the sodomy, all the filth, all the just, just debauchery everywhere, it's pretty easy as an unsafe person to think, well, I, I think I'll be all right because I'm not that bad. Because I'm not as bad as them. I'm not as bad as him. And people do, do believe that, don't they? They do. I, mean, I had a guy today knocked on the door and he said, um, yes, he thinks he's going to heaven. He did say he went to church. Why? Because I haven't sinned yet. And <laughs> he, was quite, he was being serious, wasn't he? And look, uh, you know, I don't want to, I hope he's watching, yeah, and, you know, love him, he got saved in the end as well. And, um, but at the beginning, he was sadly under the impression he hadn't sinned yet because, and he went to a church apparently, or I don't know how often he went there, it was, but I think in his mind that, that, well, I haven't really done anything that bad. So for him, I think sin was sort of 
you know, the real depths. Whereas once I started pointing out what sin was, then he kind of got a bit of a shock. Um, yes, they may not be filled with the whole list here in Romans 1, but, but everyone has been guilty of some of these sins. Let's have a quick look back at those. Verse 29 <coughs> talks about being filled with, yes, we're not filled with, but all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness. That's a common sin, isn't it? Covetousness. Okay, you see that everywhere. We could all be guilty of covetousness, um, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit. I mean, how many times do you hear Christians, I've overheard Christians say things, oh, just lie. Just say this, just lie. And that's deceit, isn't it? Okay, full of deceit, that's like you kind of go to. Well, I'll just lie about this, lie about that. Malignity whisperers. And, and look, that's a sin that affects everyone. Whispering, backbiting. Okay, that is a common sin. Haters of God. Wait a second. Not haters of God. Well, maybe you don't feel like you're a hater of God, but how many people here maybe hate certain commandments? Maybe hurt, hate certain parts of the Bible? Maybe hates a strong word, but... Again, I don't know, some people seem to get pretty strong mind about certain bits of it, so-called Christians. Despiteful, proud boasters, again, common sins, aren't they? Yeah, Inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, sadly that is common, without understanding covenant breakers, breaking promises. How many people promise something, swear to do something and then don't do it without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful? So... Here he's saying, look, therefore, I, I, this is how I read this. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself for thou that judgest do the same things. Now, I don't think he's talking about the sodomy and stuff because he goes on. Um, he goes on, I think, further down to say, or despises thou the riches in verse 4, of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Now, if he's talking to that same hypothetical person, obviously it's impossible for them to be doing those sorts of sins. Okay, otherwise they can't be led to repentance. So that's how I see that. I've heard it preached in different ways. Um, and obviously it's not of private interpretation, but that's, that's what I believe that's saying there. Um, okay, obviously he's not saying you can't judge, is he? The Bible clearly warns us of hypocritical judgment. Okay, you judge everything in life. Yeah, you can't go through a day in 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 the world without judging. Okay, that's ridiculous. It's obviously talking about hypocritical judgment. We're constantly told to judge. In fact, in the Bible, John seven twenty four, Jesus said, "Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment." Anyone that says judge not is basically saying, I don't have a clue about the Bible. Okay? Anyone who says, didn't God say, or didn't Jesus say, judge not, they're just basically saying, I'm either a complete babe in Christ, or I'm, I am clearly not saying, I don't have an understanding at all, or I just don't have a clue, I'm saying I don't have a clue. Okay? Because the Bible is clearly constantly telling us to judge, it's just the type of judgment and not hypocritical judgment. Okay? And that's what he's saying here. If you're doing this, these same sins and then judging and feeling all holy about yourself no don't don't be a hypocrite either yes obviously you're not going to be a reprobate um i had a a lot of people say this and a lot of them they're just non-christians aren't they judge not judge not. i actually had an old friend yeah who um he he for some reason <laughs> went and got a tattoo on his forearm that said only god will judge me <laughs> he's just like what on you know what a bizarre thing to go and get he's even a believer I'll try to get him say, I bumped into a while back, I didn't want to hear it, but he's got a tattoo on his arm saying only God will judge me. Well, good luck with that. Uh, he's going to be in trouble. So anyway, verse 2, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. 
And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. So again, I think O man is a sort of hypothetical to the unsaved. Such things, I believe, being the list at the end of chapter 1. Just because someone isn't some filthy sodomite, are they therefore going to escape judgment? Are you going to escape judgment as long as you don't, you're not just a, a, a vile reprobate? No, every single person is facing judgment, the judgment seat of Christ, unless they put their faith in Jesus Christ, yeah? yeah? Verse 4, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? Now, there are many people that say things like, how do people get away with X, Y, and Z, don't they? In fact, we had one today, claimed to not believe God, but then his justification for not believing God, you thought he'd go to, you know, the, the science of this or that, was really, well, you know, when you see what happens to, like, children and stuff like that, you know, basically, I don't like God, or I'm angry with God, so I'm choosing not to believe God. That, that's what happens a lot, doesn't it? But people, many people do say, how do people get away with this, don't they? And, and they're not always talking about the definite sons of Belial, are they? You get people who just look at world leaders, and a lot of world leaders are, but they just look at rich people in general and just be like, ah, oh, you know, how do they get away with this? Why, why does God let the rich take advantage? Why does God allow this? Why does God allow that? <coughs> but either way, thank God for his forbearance, his patience and long-suffering, or most of us here would have perished long ago, wouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, everyone here, barring some kids here, would have perished a long time ago if it wasn't for his forbearance, for his long-suffering. It was God's goodness, it was his patience and long-suffering that led us to repentance, wasn't it? Wasn't it, really? Because without that, no one would be getting saved. And obviously, repentance here being a change attorney of what we did believe to faith in Jesus Christ. I had someone today trying to explain that to them today. Um, Verse 5, but after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. And look, again, I know some people read that and think well, it's talking about the reprobate there, but many people can have a hard heart, don't they? I don't think that's a given over heart, it could be. Um, but the repentance often comes after the hardness, and this is just an unremorseful heart, has stored up future punishment, isn't it? So you're hard-hearted for a time, because ultimately... Really, look, you're, you're rejecting Christ when you're unsaved, aren't you, to some degree, because you could really be seeking him, couldn't you? And look, at this point, after the hardness and penitent heart treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath, the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So he's saying here that you're treasuring that up, and it's not just that it's undeserved, is, is it? It's righteous judgment, because he says in verse 6, who will render to every man according to his deeds. That according to his deeds, people are getting punished. There, there are levels of punishment, aren't there? There are depths of hell. The Bible's clear about that. There are different levels of sin. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 14, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater, greater damnation. Because there are levels of sin. Yes, still sin. It all has the wages of death, which includes hell. But John 19, 11, Jesus answered, Talking to Pilate, thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. It should be obvious, shouldn't it? Shouldn't that be obvious that there's levels of sin? It, but how many people do you hear, but we're all sinners? 
We're all sinners. With it's a whole judge not crowd, isn't it? Well, in he that be without sin, cast the first stone. You know, you can't judge anything. You can't talk about any sorts of sin if you're a sinner. Well, that's everyone. That means no one can ever talk about any sin. Again, absolutely ridiculous. Verse six, he said, "Who will render to every man according to his deeds?" To them who by patient, continuous in well-doing, seek for glory and honour and immortality, eternal life. Now, what does he say the well-doing is here? Because again, people could take a verse like this, try and teach a work salvation and go against all the hundreds of clear salvation verses. Well, for me, the well-doing is seeking for glory and honour and immortality, eternal life. Because you do have to want it. You've got to ask for it, don't you? You do have to want it. And like, this is a delicate subject, so don't misconstrue me here, okay? But, no, you don't have to spend months or years searching for the truth, okay? That's obvious, isn't it? No, you don't have to do that to get saved. Many do, though, don't they? I, I know, because I know from speaking to many people here who got saved, many of them were searching for the truth. Many of them were, were on, you know, on truths you know, find or whatever type, what do they call them? The old truth, truthers movement and stuff like that. And they're basically looking for the truth of life. And, and I believe that if you really want the truth, you will find Jesus Christ. Now, look, look, no one has to go through hours of study on the truth of life to get saved. But ultimately, if you are seeking the truth, you are going to come to one ultimate truth, aren't you? Amen. But even listening to a gospel presentation from someone that knocked on your door, does take some amount of what it says here, patient, continuous, in seeking eternal life, doesn't it? Look, because the most of them, they don't even want to give us 50. They want to get, because we usually say five minutes, don't we? Oh, well, let me just, you know, give me just five minutes. Then you're hoping to get started with five minutes again. Most people don't even want to give you that, do they? Okay, and for me, there's still some patient continuance there in seeking eternal life. And look, 15 minutes, 20, some people will just cut you off halfway, won't they? They just don't want to hear it. You've still got to, you've got to hear the gospel. You've got to want it, don't you? You've got to want eternal life. Yes. Okay, and if you want it, you're gonna, you'd hope at least listen to someone tell you how to get it. And many don't. But that's why when we ask people if they want, if they want to know they're going to heaven, yeah, we do ask them, don't we? We ask them. It's a choice. You have a choice. And many people just say no. We ask if they want immortality, if they want eternal life. Do you want to know for sure? Would you like me to show you? And many don't want. I, I had, a, I had a, We had a really funny one today. I knocked on the door. And the lady, I don't know, she was kind of entertaining me for a second and was listening a bit, said she wasn't really a believer. But then I said, would you like to know? The foul comes from the background, yeah? And uh, this kind of hippie guy comes up and says to me, uh, he says to me, you should ask first before ringing on the doorbell. <laughs> to which I replied, how on earth am I gonna ask you before I ring on your doorbell? I mean, it's just an open house. This isn't like a, a, a block of flat. And he's like, well, he's like, you should do it. I was like, but surely I've got to ring on the doorbell to ask you. <laughs> That's what I'm asking you right now. It's, he, he was just kind of, it kind of got a bit flustered, started trying to, he looked like he wanted to put his two fingers up at me, but he was, he was weird. Weird old hippie guy. But anyway, but we do ask, don't we? Okay, we might not ask before we actually ring on the doorbell, but we do ask when they answer the door, would you like to know? And we, people have to make that choice, don't they? And they make that choice. And I, I think that's what it's talking about here. But wanting salvation 
is at works. If you want it, you are going to ask for it, aren't you? Okay? If you want salvation, you're going to ask for it. That's obvious, isn't it? And I say that just because, look, there may be the odd person that for some reason will only want to ask Jesus in private in their own home. But that's pretty rare, isn't it? And just to make it clear in this church, if someone doesn't ask Jesus for salvation in front of you, you don't count them as a salvation, okay? Okay, and you need to tell them they need to ask Jesus, they need to confess with their mouth, yeah? Just to make that clear, because for me, I will not count a salvation, and I don't want anyone else here to count salvation if they don't call on the name of the Lord, okay? Now look, yeah, amen, there might be people that say no and might go away and get saved, great, okay? But for me, the vast majority won't. Because if they're not willing to stand there and ask him, they've just been willing to listen to however long, talk to you for however long it's taken to get them to that point, and they don't want to call the name of the Lord, that's usually for good reason, isn't it? Okay? Um, and why? Why is that the case? Because the Bible clearly says in Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, not confess in your head, Oh, what about the dumb people? What about people? How many, how many people are you preach gospel to that can't talk? And yeah, there might be the odd one. But why are we going off to these extreme examples? And I'm sure God's going to hear them if they want to call, call to him. But if you have a mouth, you're going to confess yeah. with your mouth, aren't yeah. you? Okay. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and obviously you can't confess your mouth if you don't believe, you ain't getting saved, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Why? For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that what? Call upon him. Call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. <coughs> And it's clear scripture, isn't it? It's clear scripture, but you still get to this day, people argue this. I know you had this guy online, and obviously there's been some good sermons on that. And I'm not going to go off too long on this. It was a guy, Norm Diamante, or whatever his name is. No, I don't know much about the guy. I've never really listened to him. But what I do know is that you constantly get the doctrines of the Bible attacked over time. But I don't want people here going out and, and counting or thinking about counting salvations. If someone hasn't called on the name of the Lord, they're not saved. Yeah. Okay? If you think they might call the name of the Lord, great. But unless you have them state categorically to you that they have called on the name of the Lord themselves in faith, they're not saved. So yeah, you could preach the gospel to someone, they might go away, they might come back to you and say, actually, I went away and I prayed, I called on the name of the Lord. Great, amen to that. Yeah, but other than someone saying that and being sure that, yeah, that's what they did, it was in faith, you preached, they understand, they ain't saved, okay? And look, I know that sounds like pretty obvious, but, Sadly for many, this seems to get attacked a lot and people get a bit confused with it sometimes and wonder, well, maybe they, they, you know, they think they believe. They said they believe. Look, if they believe, they're going to ask, okay? Jesus said in John 4.10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. If you believe, you would ask. And I don't know about you, but I've had people that won't. I had, I had someone, uh, we had someone recently, didn't we, who said she went through, a, you know, everything. She was like, seemed to be the lowest hanging fruit from what I could tell. Just believed everything, agreed everything. Every time I was recapping, just answering, you know, ev everyone, spot on. Got to the end, went through it. Oh, do you believe all that? Yeah. <coughs> now, oh, saved, didn't she? 
She, she said she believed. Okay, would you like to call the name of the Lord? No, no thanks. Why not? I know where I'm going. I deserve to go to hell. That's what she said. Now, for me, I think she, she you know, looking back at it, I think she's probably reprobate. She, she understood, she knew, yeah? She knew the truth. In fact, she said her father, you should see his Bible, she said at one point, you know, full of notes and this and that, and blah, blah, blah. And I don't mean, I know that doesn't mean anything, but it seems like she obviously had some, some you know, access to it all. And she said, no, I know I deserve to go to hell for my sins. And she said, and Jesus, you know, and she said, and Jesus, what did she say? She said something like, I deserve to go to hell for my sins. Yeah, and then she said he even made a joke, looking forward to the warmth of it. But she said she believed it. She said she understood it all. But when we talk about believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, we talk about trusting Christ, putting your faith in Christ. Yeah, not just saying, yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I believe what you're saying to me. That means you're putting your trust in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. And if you do it, you're going to ask him, aren't you? Okay, you're going to ask him. Okay. Verse 7 said, To them who by patient, continuous in well-doing, seek for glory and, and honour and immortality, eternal life, but unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. Okay, believing the gospel is often called obeying the gospel because it is a commandment. Okay, turn to 2 Thessalonians 1 while I read Acts 17.30. In Acts 17.30, Paul says, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Okay, it's a command. It's a command that needs obeying, repenting being obviously a, a change of mind to faith in Christ Jesus. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 7 says and to you who are troubled rest with us when the lord jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not god and that obey not the gospel of our lord jesus christ but carry on reading to see what that is who shall be punished with everlasting destruction for the presence of the lord and for the glory of his power when he shall come to be glorified in his saints to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was believed in that day okay so it's talking about faith, isn't it? It's that faith which is obeying the gospel. Obeying the gospel is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Amen. Verse 9, he said, Tribulation anguish upon the soul of every man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. So according to Paul here, the Jew is just as guilty. There's no special deal because of some genetic superiority. John 1, 12 to 13, you have to turn there, says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. It's belief that causes God to give us a spiritual birth, isn't it? It's faith. It's not, not about your bloodline. It's not about any of that. We're going to look at that in a minute. For those of you who are getting impatient. But, but for those who aren't saved... It's what? Indignation, it says here, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish. That's, that sounds pretty scary, doesn't it? For those people there, indignation, wrath, tribulation, and anguish. You heard people try and tell you that they think that, oh, I think it's, this is hell. You had people on the door say that before? Yeah, oh, yeah, I think this is hell. I think earth is hell. No way. No idea, have you? Yeah, while they're just standing there, relaxing, chatting to you on the door. I don't know, a cup of tea in the hand. Yeah, I think this is hell. Yeah. Yeah, good luck with that. 
going to be in for a bit of a shock, but no way. Tribulation, anguish, indignation, wrath. But verse 10, but glory, honour and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. How does a man worketh good? And look, by the way, in case you're wondering here, you know, Romans is clear as day. Remember, this is a whole letter. It's clear as day. It's faith. It's faith. It's faith. Yeah. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Okay. So then you, with that in, in mind, yeah, because it's clear as day. That's why so many people, so, so many people used to just preach out the book of Romans for salvation. So you're looking at that in light of that. What's he talking about worketh good here to the Jew first, also to the Gentile? How does a man worketh good? And I know some people look at that and just say, well, it's just giving like the idea, but obviously that's impossible. You could say that. Well, I don't, I, I think actually, if you turn to Ephesians chapter 2, and listen to me while you turn to Ephesians chapter 2, Isaiah 64, 6 says, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags and we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So for a man to work good, he has to get saved first, doesn't he? First John 2.29 says, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Talking about Jesus Christ. God only sees the righteousness in those that are saved, doesn't he? That's the righteousness starts with Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay, clear as day. Well, well, but go on to verse 10. For we are his workmanship, creating in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. That's after salvation, isn't it? After salvation, until then, God looks down and sees filthy rags. Filthy rags. Look at verse 11. For there is no respect of persons with God. Okay, now he's talking about Jews and Greeks there from verse 10, didn't he? For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are justified uh, sorry, for not, for not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles which have not the law do by nature things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness in their thoughts of me while accusing or else excusing one another. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. So basically, whether you've been raised a Christian or not, you're still guilty when you sin, when you sin, yeah? When you've been raised in the, with the Bible, you're still guilty when you sin. Because there are people, aren't there, that think that, well, I, I, don't, I don't know any better. Oh, well, that's not what these verses are saying, is it? Okay, you do know better. You have a conscience, you know better. But for those of you that are, that are raised in it as well, you're all still sinners as well. Now, verse 15 says here, their conscience also bearing witness. Your conscience bears witness, doesn't it? In a remote village in India somewhere, worshipping an idol, they know better, okay? Their conscience bears witness. I believe that. I believe that they know better. I believe here it says that. Without the law, when they do the, by nature things connected in the law, these have not law, law unto themselves. Talking about, because he says, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts are meanwhile accusing or ex else excusing one another. In a communist nation somewhere, worshipping the state. 
they're really doing that again they know better their conscience is convicting them i believe even the atheist agrees it's wrong to steal wrong to murder wrong to do these things wrong to commit adultery why because their conscience really bears witness doesn't it until it gets seared unfortunately um but verse 13 there verse 13 which reads for not the hearers of the law are just before god but the doers of the law shall be justified it shows that most so-called christians aren't justified because they just do parts of the law is it okay just because they've heard it well i know it you know i'm a christian or whatever else doesn't mean you're justified does it you're justified by the blood of jesus christ Amen. james 2 10 says for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point he is guilty of all now that's not saying that all sin is equal is it if you went for, like, i was thinking about this for an example if you went for a job interview for example and that job the criteria was you have to have a clean criminal record that's the criteria you cannot get a job if you have any form of criminal record it doesn't matter how minor your criminal record is does it okay you're still not getting a job now, that's not saying that it's the same it's not saying that if your criminal record is for stealing some petty sweets when you were you know a teenager and and someone else goes for, for the job and he doesn't get it because he's he's committed first degree murder that neither are you getting a job okay and that, that's, you know, because sometimes people look at that and just think, oh, look, all sin is equal again. You know, guys, man, all sin is equal. Look, whosoever should keep the whole law and yet offended one point is guilty of all. No, it's just saying that you're still guilty of breaking the law, aren't you? He said, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Because that's part of the gospel, isn't it? The bad news is part of the ultimate good news. Without knowing the bad news, you can't really <coughs> acknowledge and accept the good news, can you? Yeah. And we need to make that clear when we're preaching the gospel, don't we? Yeah. Okay, just it's because sometimes it can be a bit uncomfortable preaching on hell. It's not always, a, it's not the most fun part of the gospel presentation, isn't it? You filthy sinner, you're going to hell. <laughs> is, is that not a good way of doing it? <laughs> That's why I'm not getting anyone saying. Uh, no, but we have to preach it, don't we? You have to preach that people are, are, are you know, are sinners, and you have to preach hell. And look, that's part of the gospel according to my gospel and by the way he's not talking about his own personal gospel that's his good news that's the gospel that he's preaching to people we need to make that clear now look at verse 17 behold thou art called a jew and restest in the law and makest thy boast of god and knowest his will and approvest the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law and art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind a light of them which are in darkness an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Okay, talking to the Jew here, okay, talking to the Jew, thou art called a Jew and restest in the law and makest thy boast to God. Because look, they are called a Jew. And look, by the way, when Paul writes these epistles, he's talking about He's referring, when he's referring to the Jews, it's the world's terminology, as we're going to see in a minute. Okay, So he's just referring to them as everyone else refers to them as Jews. They think that they have their salvation in the law, don't they? They boast of God. And if anyone's ever known any Jews, they do boast of God, don't they? They boast that they're the people, they know it, they're, they're the close ones, they're the ones it was delivered to, you know, the oracles of God, etc. Verse 18, And knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law. You hear this, don't you? The rabbi scholar knows best. Oh, yeah. Well, what does a rabbi say about what that really meant at the time? You know, what does a rabbi scholar know? 
Absolutely diddly squat. What do the Jewish scholars say? Well, who cares what they say? Because again, they don't know anything if they're still calling themselves Jewish scholars. Verse 19 says, And art confident that thou art thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness. Yeah, then they do. They believe that they'll show these goyim what God really meant, yeah? They'll show these goy, they'll, they'll let them know, these cattle. Look at verse 20. An instructor of the foolish, a teacher obeys, which has a form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. And those foolish goy, yeah, that's what they think, don't they? Because we have the knowledge and truth in keeping the law. But do they really keep the law? No way do they. Look at verse 21. Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, does thou steal? Think about some of the corporate theft that's gone over the years. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And, and look, you know, when I'm talking about this, in case you're wondering, I'm not talking about a race. They can call themselves a race as much as they like. It's a religion. It's a religion, and yeah, they might decide that they've inherited the religion by their mother being of the religion, okay? But it's a religion, okay? It's not a race. You could convert to it, and many have converted to what we now call Judaism many times over the years. I think the biggest one on mass was the Ashkenazi conversion, wasn't it? And I mean, you're talking about any DNA studies that have been done of these people over in Israel claiming that they, they deserve the land. I mean, vast, vast, vast majority are of Ashkenazi heritage, which has got absolutely nothing to do with any line to Abraham anyway. Well, no more than you or I have anyway, um, which kind of goes without saying, doesn't it? But look at verse 22. Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, does thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, does thou commit sacrilege? Now, of course, adultery and divorce, which causes adultery, is high in this religion. Like, like pretty much, it's pretty much the same as most religions, most people. But what we talked about this morning, you do realise that Jews are the pretty much the instigators and still at the top and central to what is known as the porn in industry, yeah? I mean, that is basically, they are massive in it, okay? And they have been, for, for the mainstream porn, they've always been involved in it, by the way. So what they're doing, basically encouraging adultery in the form of lusting after another woman, aren't they? Because like I read earlier, Matthew 5.28 says, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with already in his heart. Okay, clearly there's a big issue there, isn't it, where they say, does you know that they say they say you should not commit adultery yet they're basically propagating filth which commit which encourages people to commit adultery crazy isn't it now look on that uh, just something because it, it just making me think of it right now uh, we're not trying to we're not trying to downplay it but obviously being caught in the act of physical adultery is different to looking on a woman to lust after her you shouldn't be looking on a woman to lust after her. You are committing adultery in your heart. But I think some people can just go, right, that, look at that and go, right, that person is clearly, you know, an adulteress, whatever else, and really should be getting stoned to death because they've looked at a woman to lust after her. In the same way that being divorced and remarrying is wicked. It's adultery, but it's not the same. Right. Actually being caught in the act of adultery is wicked as hell, isn't yeah. it? And all of this is wicked, but that, is up there isn't it okay there are and you again you judge righteous judgment with these things but i'm not trying to condone any of the rest of it okay just just because something that i was thinking about recently now 
They say here, it says, and thou that abhorrest idols, does thou commit sacri sacrilege? Oh yeah, they hate idols, but these people do commit sacrilege. And putting it forward to this day, nothing's changed. Because sacrilege is the crime of violating or profaning sacred things. Is there anything or anyone more sacred than the Lord Jesus Christ? No. Is there? And these people, these people that we call Jews, that the world calls Jews, that apparently abhor idols, how much sacrilege do they commit on a daily basis against the Lord Jesus Christ? Look at the movies. And look, again, oh, you're not allowed to say that the, the movie industry has got, has got so much Jewish influence, or what is called Jews, Jewish influence this day. Yes, it does. And I don't think anyone can deny that. You've got to be a complete moron to deny that. And the movie industry literally is just profaning, blaspheming Jesus Christ on a daily basis, isn't it? Abs just everywhere you look, it's everywhere, isn't it? And part of the reason, and don't get me wrong, look, people should do it. Part of the reason, I was at my son's um, uh, football yesterday morning and standing next to a guy and just suddenly out of nowhere, you know, use the Lord's name and it's just a swear word. And it gets you angry, doesn't it? And I'm, you know, and I'm standing next to this guy. He's one of the dads there. And, and I'm, you know, just praying in your head, Lord, forgive him. You know, and just help me to call. Because it's, it's just, it's, it's wicked, isn't it? But why do you think he does that? And I think part of that is it's just, it's so pushed on you, isn't it? In the movies, everywhere you see, you hear, it's just people, it's like, that's their favourite swear word, isn't it? It's, it's made a swear word. How, how wicked is that, isn't it? more than take it in vain it's usually as a swear word it's wicked but what about the talmud anyone know much about the babylonian talmud i don't think there's any doubt about the just wicked just unbelievable blasphemous filth written in that monstrosity about jesus christ yeah that is unbelievable isn't it the stuff that i'm not going to repeat that that they claim in that book the, the, you know, the oral commandments, yeah, all right. Yeah, the, the, the commandments of men that they try to make doctrines, aren't they? Going, you know, people in Israel get, you know, Christians get spat at in Israel. People get abused by these things. These people absolutely hate Jesus. You try preaching Jesus to, to a Jew, and I'm talking like to a so-called observing Jew, they absolutely hate him. You want to get them wound up, talk about Jesus, okay? It's absolutely terrible. They abhor idols, but they commit sacrilege, don't they? Thou that makest thy boast of the law through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. Those that claim to be keeping the law for salvation, they dishonor God every time they break the law, don't they? Because the onlooker is looking at these people going, what sort of holy people are these, aren't they? Dishonoring God because they're claiming to be the people of God and they're looking at them going, what on earth? Yeah. Verse 24, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you as it is written. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. How many people must be put off God by these Abrahamic religions in inverted commas? And, you, and from, from the, the Roman Catholic to the, to, the, you know, to the Muslim to the Jew. They must just look at it and go, what a bunch of Fruit Loops. 
Yeah, what a bunch of wicked Fruit Loops, yeah, doing crazy stuff from the Roman Catholic priest, the pervert priest, going around in his dress, waving incense around and doing all this weird stuff while just clearly queer as anything you like, to, to the Jew, to, the, to those guys that we see when we see them out here with the tassels and the just bizarre satanic outfits, okay. running around with all that junk on and the top hat, and the, you, you're not looking at it going, oh yeah, I want to know God more. Yeah, for, for the unsaved, they're just looking at it going, wow, don't fancy that much. To the Muslim, the Muslim in his dress, guys wandering down the street, so holy, wearing a dress. Yeah, you absolute queers. Yeah, you're looking at it, you're not looking at it going, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe I should look into religion a little bit more. But it's not, is it? Because really, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through these people, isn't it? And with the Jews, look, what we call Jews with their curly tassels, their long flowing garments, their broad phylacteries. There's nothing holy about them at all, is there? No. You're just looking at them, just thinking, no way, for an unsaved, you can imagine they're just thinking, no. Because they think, like you talk to someone, I've talked to friends before who want to know a bit more about the Bible and, you know, the ones who try to think that they, you know, they're intelligent to some degree. Oh, yeah, so, so the Jews though, but they're God's people, aren't they? And it's, no, they're not. No, they're the furthest thing. They are literally the furthest thing from, aren't they? Yeah. The furthest thing from. But the, the uneducated in, of, in these things, which are most, they're looking at it thinking, okay, so why aren't these keeping the law? So what on earth is this? How are these, these special people, these holy people, that sadly even saved Christians are saying, are these special holy people, are people are looking at them? And, and look, you can shout anti-Semite as much as you like, but it doesn't change the fact that there are, look, these people who, by the way, aren't Semitic, but regardless, these people, are, the, this religion, are propagating some of the worst filth in this world, some of the worst crimes, the worst stuff. You know, if you look at the media, look at the news industry, look at these people at the top of this, and people must be looking at that because they're not blind as much as they try and, you know, accuse anyone, shut you down, you can't talk about it. They must just look at it and just go, and they blaspheme God, don't they? They just think, yeah, great holy people, cheers for that. But they're not his people, are they? And in a way, I think this is probably what, you know, this is, this, well, at the least, people think, they look at it and think, this must be what Old Testament Israel was like. They see those guys in the curl, with the curly tassels and the top hats and those just bizarre outfits and go, okay, so that's what it was like in Old Testament Israel, yeah? <laughs> guys walking around doing this stuff, you know, and it, do you see any of that in the Bible? No. Absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? But it is. The name of God is blasphemed because of it. And like I said, look at all the greed, the racism, because that is a racist bunch of people, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. How dare anyone be called an anti-Semite for daring to talk about this stuff? Coming from probably the most racist bunch around. Okay. The Hollywood filth, the lying news media and the rest of it. And the name of God is blasphemed because of that. God's people? No thanks. They have to turn there. Second Peter 2 2, talking about reprobate, says, And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And that's what happens, doesn't it? People that claim to be people of God, people that claim to be Christians and do wicked things, the name of God is blasphemed by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. That's what happens, isn't it? 
Verse 25, for circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law, but if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. <coughs> so basically, you better go and get circumcised if you want to get judged by the law. Yeah? <laughs> hey, you repent of your sins, bunch. Go and get circumcised while you're at it. Yeah, you repent of your sins. Go and get circumcised. I'm sure some Jewish doctor will do a cheap deal. I have to forgo the anaesthetic, but, you know, line up. No, because if you're going to do that, you better keep the whole law. Yeah, yeah? but you can't pick and choose, can you? Galatians 5.3 says, For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, it is a debtor to do the whole law. Oh, oh no, that was just the Jews. Oh, that, that, back to the Jews now. Yeah. And they just want to pick and choose, don't they? So which sins are you repenting of then? Only some sins. Again, repent of your sins. How, how ridiculous is all that? Look at verse 26. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfil the law, judge thee who by the letter and circumcision dost transgress the law? Now, Matthew 5.17 says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfil. The fulfilling of the law was done by Jesus Christ, wasn't it? Okay, so... An uncircumcised or Gentile can fulfil the law by being in Christ, can't they? And therefore judges a sin in unbelief of the Jew. Because basically they're judged in comparison, aren't they? But that term Jew, like I said, that's in the world's eyes, isn't it? Because look at verse 28. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Funny that. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. Oh, wait a minute, who's a Jew then? Oh, what? These people aren't Jews. Verse 29, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly. Oh, is that the ones that, that read the Talmud? That, yeah, no? He is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So a Jew is one inwardly with a circumcised heart in the spirit. Who's that then? Amen to that. Turn over to Colossians 2. Writing to the saved at Colossae. And while you turn now, I'm going to read Philippians 3.3, 3, which says, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Who are the circumcision? Us. If you're saved, you're the circumcision. You're a Jew. Colossians 2 verse 8 says, Beware, Colossians 2.8, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. And this is sadly the case with many Christians today, isn't it? Following this, this false religion or this so-called, you know, that are oh, the Jews are the special people, following, the, you know, the, basically the false religion Jew, aren't they? Yeah. Because that's what they're doing. They're just, just hanging off what they say. Oh, well, yeah, you're the chosen people. Yeah, oh, oh well, you must be genetically... But even though none of you actually will do a, a DNA test. No, no, but it's just based on the, you know, the Jewish elders have said that, yeah, actually, they're a good Jewish citizen. So they must be, you know, they must have come down for, through the line. For in him dwelleth all that... Let's talk about Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him, which is a head of all principality and power in whom also ye are circumcised, huh? what? <coughs> with the circumcision made without hands. Sounds a bit dangerous. I'm joking. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. 
That's the circumcision of the heart and the spirit, isn't it? Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. That's the same Christian right there, isn't it? Every single trespass forgiven. And that's why, go back to, back to Romans there, verse 29 says, But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, and not in a letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Now look, what I'm preaching here will get many saved Christians around the world literally frothing at the mouth. We'll get many unsaved Christians doing that as well. But there will be saved men of God. If they watch this now, they would just be fuming. And then they would just, because they can't go to scripture, barring some Old Testament promises that they'll go, oh, look, look, that discounts it all. Instead, they'll just start shouting anti-Semite. They'll start shouting whatever they can because they can't, they can't argue. It's clear, isn't it clear as day? Yeah. It's clear as day. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. They would refuse to fellowship with us. Call us anti-Semitic. Like I said, which is crazy as we're talking about a religion. Anti-Judaism, guilty. Yup, I am anti-Judaism. Yeah, and, and look, I'll, I'll give the caveat. Yeah, I'm anti all false religions, but I'm going to go out on a limb here. No, I'm, I'm probably anti-Judaism more than any other false religion. Okay, because it is probably the most wicked religion out there because they are literally rejecting Jesus Christ, the Saviour, full on. They're calling him all sorts. They're, they're anti-Christ, yeah? They're Antichrist. Yeah. Ephesians 2.11 says, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Okay, if you're following there, I think you can see what that's talking about there. Okay, being called the uncircumcision of Gentiles here by the Jews. That at that, at that time you are without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you sometimes were far off and made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. Okay, that's what he's, it's the law of commandments in ordinances. For to make in himself of twain, that's of two, one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And came and preached peace you which were far off unto them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Amen. Spiritual Israel. Because we're not physical citizens, are we? Although we have more right to that land than those Christ-rejecting frauds, don't we? Every single person in this room who's saved has more right to, to what they call Israel now than any of those people out there. Yeah, but I, I would hope that no one here would go out there and just start basically kicking people out of homes and saying, no, no, this is a settlement. It's for, for safety, for security. See you later. We'll take your family home for hundreds of years because it, it's ours now. Yeah, because the Bible says, yeah, because we're Jews. No, because we're talking about a spiritual nation, aren't we? Fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Okay, and by the way, that's saved Jews. 
and non-Jews, and obviously that, that's not just Jews, because really it's the 12 tribes anyway, but with the saints and of the household of God, that's the saved. Verse 20, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. So not only are we graft in as part of God's holy nation, but we're the temple of the Holy Ghost too. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? No wonder they're so bitter about that. Back to Romans 2. Verse 28 said, For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. So who are these outward Jews then? Wait a second. So if they're not the Jews, who are they? We'll turn to Revelation chapter 2. Glad you asked. Because they say they're Jews, but they're not, according to the Bible. Yeah, my Bible says they say they're Jews, but they are not. He is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. So doesn't matter how many little funny skull caps you have on or whether you go for the top hat style, the furry one or not. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if you have the tassels, if you decide not to go with the tassels and you have the tassels coming off your cape. Sorry, I mean your coat. Yeah, doesn't, it, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because apparently you're not a Jew if, you, if, if it's outward. So who are these guys? Well, Revelation 2 and verse 8 says, And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna, write, These things said the first and last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not. Oh, who are they? But are the synagogue of Satan. So those that say they are Jews and are not, and that's anyone who's not got faith in Jesus Christ calling them a Jew, yeah, that we've just seen that, is what? They are the synagogue of Satan. That's pretty damning, isn't it? Wow. Well, that's a lot of people, isn't it? And that's just how messed up Christianity is today, isn't it? You have professing Bible believers. Yeah, I'm not just talking about people that claim to be a Christian. Professing Bible, professing Bible scholars, professing Bible experts, professing Bible-believing churches that believe every word and we stand on the word of God saying that the Jews are God's people, that the Jews, those that say they're Jews and are not, but the synagogue of Satan are actually God's chosen people. You need to pray for them. You need to pray for them. You need to pray for their salvation. You need to actually forget everyone else. You need to just make some effort to get them saved. They need protection. They need money. They need money sent out to them to help them, to protect them. But what does the Bible say? They're the synagogue of Satan. It, it, isn't it amazing? Yeah. It's, uh, and, and I'm talking about saved men of God who just refuse. They refuse to listen to the word of God. Yeah. They'll all sorts of what we know of as mental gymnastics. They'll do, won't they? Any which way they can to try and bend and twist their way around. Just clear scripture. It's clear in the Bible, isn't it? Amen. First Thessalonians. Did you turn there? Chapter two. Did I ask you to turn there? No. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And verse 13. says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. 
believers, right? For ye, brethren, became followers of the church of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us, and they please not God and are contrary to all men. Interesting that, isn't it? Forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always, for their wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. That's pretty damning, isn't it? Yeah. How damning is that? They were actively preventing people getting saved. And has anything changed? No. Nothing's changed, has it? That's just continued to this day. They actively prevent people getting saved, don't they? That's what the, that seems to be their mode of operandum, isn't it? Prevent Christianity getting out there, prevent the gospel, prevent the truths of the Bible, propagate, basically lift up and, and, and encourage sodomy and the rest of it, reprobates everywhere. Synagogue of Satan, yeah? Synagogue of Satan. But that's if you want to read and believe the Bible, isn't it? Yeah? Yeah, I want to believe the Bible, okay? And however uncomfortable that might make it, however hard that might make preaching in this country, however that might mean that we, yeah, there might be some hard times because of that, well, I believe the Bible. Amen. And I hope everyone here believes the Bible and we're just going to keep preaching the Bible, aren't we? And, you know, and let, 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 you know, let God deal with it. Verse 29, back to Romans 2, said, But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, and not in a letter whose praise is not of men, but of God. So, look, if you're saved, whether you used to identify as a Jew, as a Muslim, as a Hindu, you're now one of God's people. Yeah? And that's the only way you can be one of God's people. By faith in Jesus Christ. Circumcision of the heart. On that, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for... for this great chapter in the Bible um, that, that just those last, last couple of verses alone just make it so clear, clear as day that we have been grafted in. We are, you know, you've broken down that middle wall of partition. We are fellow citizens. What a great truth that is. What's something that we should celebrate as Christians. It's Christians, real saved men and women of God the world over should be able to celebrate this, should be able to to, to enjoy that, to know that all those promises are going to be fulfilled, that are being fulfilled, you know, that how you look upon your children to, you know, to, to that, you know, that, that holy nation that we are. Uh, and sadly, there are so many that, that can't realise those truths. Well, you know, we pray that you'll help us to, to enjoy that and, and help others to, to have their eyes open to this as well um, around the world and help people to preach the truth, help people to believe the truth. Um, thank you for your word. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this group of people here that just want to hear the, the, the truth preached. And no matter what, no, you know, no matter who that offends and no matter what that does. And Lord, um, I, I pray that you'll help us to preach the truth about your gospel this week. Um, help us to get out there and, and get people saved and to return back safely next week. Also help the baptisms to just go, go well tonight and uh, help those people getting baptised to just, you know, continue... Uh, to follow your commandments going forward beyond, beyond getting baptised. And in Jesus' name we pray all of this. Amen. Amen.